is found in Isaiah chapter 9. And I was really debating uh, which passage to actually begin with. Some people get caught up in this time of year um, debating issues like, is this the birthday of Jesus? And when they think it was, and what all the significance of that uh, time is. And I know there is a significance. There is, there is wonderful truth. In those exact dates and moments, there's nothing in the scriptures that talks about Jesus that's not significant. Every single thing has its wonderful meanings. It it throws a light on the eternal purpose, the very existence of God, the very eternal purpose of God the work of God in all of our life. And to know those truths, to run across those truths as we go about our life, is nothing but, but gems of, of wonderful knowledge. And, and they enlighten us to all kinds of thoughts and ideas and the character and the nature of God. And so it's, it's not with... Uh, uh, a overlooking, a nonchalant attitude that I that I deal with the actual birthday of Christ. It's not that at all. If there's anything that I have enjoyed over the years, it's been the the likenesses throughout the scriptures that points to the person of Jesus Christ and what that means to each one of us. But we choose this time of year to celebrate the birth of Christ. And so I would encourage every one of us to get on board, to love it, to look at the goodness of it, to look at the greatness of it, to look at the glory of it, to walk in this time in the great truth and the joy that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, if you can say that, the second person of the Trinity came to this earth was born on this earth, the lowliest of all, in the meekest of places, in the, in the very poorest of conditions, so that he could experience everything that we as humans experience and could be our substitute when it comes to paying For our sins. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. 
and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It's not only a wonderful thing that we are able to proclaim that a son is born because of the because a child, birth, given life, just as us, just as we. As we would look, and many times we do, we see a newborn child, and, and we, we ooh and awe ah over that birth and that child. Talking of its, uh, the neatness of how it looks, the, just the, the majesty of the life, the, the great, the exuberance that here another child has been born. This is a wonderful thing. The birth of Jesus was confirmed. It was given to us in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For there is born to you this day a Savior. Savior. Hmm. The word Savior. A deliverer. Preserver. Savior. Benefactor. Rescuer. Used to describe both the Father and the Son. A Savior. Unto us, a Savior is born. Who is Christ the Lord? On that fateful night, when the Savior was born, the heavens could not contain. Could not contain themselves. In the middle of the night, where shepherds were watching their flocks, the skies opened up. The angels of heaven proclaimed that a Savior was born. The world in all of its sin, in all of its trouble, in all of its difficulty, was hurting, reeling in its pain and in its difficulties. And at that very moment, at the precise time, that God had appointed and had directed, a child was born to be the Savior of the world. Angels proclaimed this birth. The heavens broke forth with singing, with joy, with loud praises, with excitement, with thrill, with great movement, with exuberance, proclaiming, that a Savior was born. 
in the midst of our difficulties, as we go about our day, when we see our most hard times, when we face our difficult moments, when we see those times that are, that are hard on us and oppressing us down from every work and every angle, from every move, I proclaim to you that a Savior is born. One that can reach into the midst of your difficulty. One that can touch the hard places in your life and proclaim that there is a Redeemer. That there is one that will lift you out of those hard circumstances or walk with you through the midst of them. That will see the victory that you can know the joys of the Almighty God. A child was born, a Savior, a rescuer. We need rescued. We know people that need rescued. We know people that needs, needs this message, this Savior, this Deliverer. That's what He is. I say to you that in this message today is given to us a mandate that we call, that we speak loudly, that we speak into, that we proclaim, that we name, that we call into the very being the miracles, the peace, the deliverance, that this world needs and that friends and loved ones need. It's given to us to walk in that. A son is given. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only, His only, Begotten Son. God, it was manifested. It was delivered. The scripture says, And the government shall be upon his shoulders. It's been talked about lately among us here, among the men as we meet on Wednesday morning, and I'm sure perhaps uh, those on Thursday, but different ones. It's been talked about the kingdom of God. Around, uh, around the world, I believe this has become a, a topic that is being talked about. The kingdom of God. It says the government will be upon his shoulders. This kingdom is going, is, was started then. It's been manifesting itself more and more and more as we go along in our lives. As, as, I don't know, maybe as I get older, I, I think more about the time, the quality of time, the amount of time that we have, that I have, as I walk this earth, 
as I am before my family, before my friends, I think about that time. That tends to bring me more and more to this, this thought about the kingdom of God, about what I'm supposed to be doing, how I'm supposed to be walking, what I'm supposed to be saying. How should I respond to circumstances? Many times I find myself not responding very well. I find my emotions, my attitudes, my actions, sometimes wanting to run completely off the chart uh, as situations are before me and pressing on me and, and the world seems to come down harder and harder. But as I look at the Savior, as I look at the Deliverer, as I look at the Preserver, that's an interesting word, to preserve us in the midst of circumstances, to preserve our thoughts and our, the way we would go, to keep our feet, as the Scripture said, like hinds' feet, not moving, but stable, not not slipping and sliding on the mountain with all the wet weather and everything that we've had lately and, and being out in the mountains, mountains walking. And, and uh, uh, I find sometimes my feet are sliding and they don't grip like I should. I, I, I've made comments just recently about I'd like to find a pair of boots that really have some cleats on them. Some years ago when I was hunting and I was playing a lot of softball, I would go through my cleats quite often and I would buy another pair of cleats. And one day as I started out into the woods, I just, there they were, I just grabbed them up and put them on. And I've never walked so sure-footed in the woods than I did when I had those cleats on. Now, they don't work too well this type of weather, cold as it is and all, but, but being sure-footed, being preserved in the midst of the circumstances. The Scripture says, and the government will be upon his shoulder, the kingdom, the power of God, the working of God. On down it says, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end. It's like there will be no slack. It's like there will be no weak places. It's like there will be no, no falling down, no stumbling, no slipping on the side of the hill. For he, for it bears on his shoulder. Not on mine. Not on my ability to walk this life. Not on my ability to do everything exactly right. But because He did everything exactly right. I can trust my day. I can trust the circumstances that come my way. I can trust whatever befalls me to His care, to His working, to what He is doing. The government shall be on His shoulders. Now, I'm not 
neglecting the fact that I have responsibility. Because after all, we are His ambassadors. We are here for a purpose. We are here for a work. But it's not my work. It's His work. It's His work. So, it should give us great confidence to know that His kingdom is established on His work, and we get to be a part of it. That is soothing to me. That is pleasing to me. That preserves me. That keeps me. And His name will be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God. <clears throat> the word here for called is a word that is also used in Isaiah chapter 30, chapter 33, 3. Is that right? Or not Isaiah, excuse me, Jeremiah 33, 3. Let's see here where my notes are. All right. <clears throat> called. To call out to someone, to shout or speak, to proclaim. It can be used to name something, to call, to name something. God named the light day and the darkness he called night. He named them. He named something. It can be used to name places, holidays, children. Leah, barren, couldn't bear children while her sister was bearing children. She couldn't bear children. But then she was given a child, and she named him Judah. Praising God. Praising God. In this kingdom walk that we have, because there is a birth, a son given, we are given a work to do, and that work is to say what God says. To speak the things that God speaks. To talk like Him. To walk like Him. In every part of our life, to act like God. Well, sometimes we might hang our head on that. Sometimes our chin might get close to the ground when we think about those things. But the more we think about those things, the more we can lift our eyes into the hill from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. Because it's His work, not ours. It's what He's doing, not what we're doing. And not only what He's doing, which He does, because He certainly knows every moment of your day, but it's what He did. It's what He did. Before the foundation of the world was ever laid, He did it all. He did it all. 
See, what we do today doesn't surprise God any at all, because he already knew about it, and he already set up a plan that would overcome it, in which we could have victory, in which we could have joy, which we could walk in. He planned it before the foundation of the world. I think that's love. I think that's power. I think it's his goodness. I think he loved us so much that he planned things that would overcome all of our failures. No matter whether it was my great-grandpa's or whether it's my great-grandchild's. God is showing us his love. So, I think that in this phrase of this passage that is given to us because of the birth of this son, of, of his son, we are to proclaim the things that's impossible. How do I come to that conclusion? Because of the next word. The next word is said, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, let me find my note on that. Here we go. I can think of a lot of things that are wonderful. I look at uh, things throughout... This world, throughout the circumstances that are around me from day to day, and I see things that I say, oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But the scripture gives a much deeper meaning to this word. Wonderful in this, in this passage, which is given to us, and I want to emphasize that, this passage is the groundwork. We're talking about the son that was born. We're talking about the kingdom that was established. So we're talking about the very foundation of what is happening that we should be celebrating at this time of year. And not bringing something less to the meaning of this right here, but I think we have watched every Hallmark show that has come on TV. If we've not seen it yet, it's, it's uh, copied on DVD. Uh, all these shows, uh, they're really nice. You know, they talk about loving people. They find two people, you know, and somehow or another these two people that wouldn't be brought together at all are brought together, and, and they don't think they would like each other at all. And then the next thing you know, they're falling in love with one another, and, and they're dealing with some kind of big obstacle difficulty that's in their way, and, 
and then the next thing you know, they're they're kissing at the end of the show, and everybody's boohooing, and you know, and thinking it's all a big thing. It's it's a wonderful thing, and that's what Christmas is. And I just want to puke. Not that I don't like people getting together. Not that I don't like good things happening. I like all that. Sometimes I'm even seen as a romantic myself, you know. But that's not Christmas. That's not Christmas. Christmas is God giving His Son, the Savior, to a lost and a dying world, to a world that's crying out, that's needing delivered, that's needing lifted up, that's needing life. That's what Christmas is. We are to proclaim that His name will be called Wonderful. The word wonderful here means something beyond the human ability to grasp, do, or achieve. What has happened to us in our day? Have we seen so many things go on in our life that we tend to want, tend to give it up to, well, that's just the way it's going to happen. That's just the way it's going to be. In all of our human knowledge, we would probably resign to those thoughts. Because the very best we can do, we see many times fall short. It just can't accomplish what is needed. But the Scripture says, we have been given a Savior. And the verse says, and his name shall be called. This word, as I've just said, called, is a word that, that it jumps to us because we are his children. We are his followers. So the emphasis upon this word is that this is something that is imputed into us. It has been given to us. When all of our work, when all of our natural understanding has gone to its extreme, its limit, it's gone to its end, it has stopped, it ceases here, the ability no longer exists for us. His name shall be called Wonderful. 
It goes beyond anything that we can imagine. Anything that we can can think on. Anything that we can grasp. We can't grasp it. We give it to Him and we say, Your name is wonderful. We proclaim. You know, there was a teaching sometime back about the names of God. Now, I say sometimes back because some years ago when I was pastoring, I was, I was doing a teaching on the names of God. I don't think I even knew then that it was my, my place, my walk, my ordained path to proclaim that name. Now, we touched on that some. But to understand the immense qualities and abilities and, and things of that, I think we only learn as we go along and get deeper and deeper, knowing Him more and leaning upon Him more and resting upon Him more. We find that it applies more and more and more to our life, continually, meaning great and wonderful things. But we are, it is ordained It's an ordained path that we walk in. That in whatever the circumstances of our life, we call, we proclaim, we speak out. Sometimes we speak out in a very quiet, reserved way. Maybe it's because of the circumstances. Maybe it's because of just what's there. Sometimes we speak out in a very loud and boisterous way because we don't want that person to die in that flame. We don't want that little child to run across that road. We speak out because of the situation gives to us the necessity of the way we proclaim His name. And all that the power of God, the Spirit of God, work mightily in our heart, that we not faint in our, in our emotion or in our attitude in that moment that is so desperate that moment that is calling out so loudly, but that we proclaim through the Spirit of God, the name of God. The name that grasps what we cannot. The name that delivers what we have no ability to do. The name that preserves When our feet would slip and fall, yet He has established us upon the rock. The name. To proclaim that name. To call to Him. To speak it out in every situation that is before us. He is wonderful. 
And I proclaim to you today that this wonderful God is in the midst of your life. He's in the midst of your life. Proclaim Him. Rest in Him. Have the peace that only He can give. He's a counselor. How much money do you think is spent on counsel? It is unreal. And what kind of counsel are we getting? The Scripture itself tells us and speaks to us of our neglected duty. We neglect, the church has neglected this great duty. We should be the best counselors in the world. But we have given it all away. God is calling us and telling us, proclaiming to us, that in the birth of His child, we can proclaim His name is Counselor. His name is Counselor. And it's the Mighty God. Mighty God. The world today don't want to even acknowledge there is a God. Yet we see that unless we know that God is Creator, the basis of our very faith is wavering. Until we know that God is the Creator of heaven and earth, we have no idea of His greatness nor His power. We substitute it with the knowledge that the world has given us today instead of standing in the presence of the mighty God that created not only the earth that we're walking in, but the heavens that we have yet any knowledge of. He is the mighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the lover of our meek and meager situations that we are in. He knows intimately not only the depths of the heavens, but the very smallest idea and thought that we have. God is the lover of our soul. The everlasting Father. It is awesome that a little child born in, the, in a manger, laying in a manger, would be called the Everlasting Father. Everlasting. Our situations come and go. We see things happening all the time. They're here for a moment, and then they're gone. But I'm here to tell you this morning that unto us is born a Son, a Savior, 
a deliverer who is everlasting. Everlasting. Has God called you, encouraged you, this morning? Is there something that the Spirit is speaking to your heart today? Is there an, is there an encouragement? Is there a step? Is there a move? I think that every time we look into the eyes of God, there is something to decide. There's probably things to lay down, and there's certainly a wonderful mantle that is being laid upon us. It's not a drudgery. It's not a pain. It's not a difficulty. For his very name tells us that he is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, deliverer, peace, the one that preserves. The one that gives life. The one that gives joy. The one that lifts us up in the hardships and in the difficulties. God is our lover. If there's ever been a lover in our life, God is our lover. So if the Spirit of God has spoken anything to you today. However you want to respond, that is wonderful. If you want to come and pray, if you want to share with a friend, if you want to leap and shout, if you want to hug someone, then I encourage you that the kingdom of God is upon His shoulders and it is forevermore. And the work that He is doing, He is doing mightily in the midst of your life, in the midst of your day. Whether you are a little taught or whether you're old and at the end of our years, closer than we've ever been before, there is no day like today. There's no moment like this moment. We are called for this moment and this time and this day. It doesn't matter what has happened in the past. It matters what is happening right now through the power of the Almighty God through each one of us seated here today. God's working mightily through us. Yes, yes, I said through us, through you, through you. God is working mightily through you and through me.
The Lord be praised. The Lord be lifted up. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father, as we give our attention, our purpose, all that we have, as we give it up to you, Speak to us. Encourage us. Walk in us. Talk in us. Help us to follow after you and to love one another. 